Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. Ooh, I like it. I like it. You did a tug doing you because we welcome back to the show our good friend, Tug Coker. Hello, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Joe. Hello, Tug. Guys, I thought you were canceled. You know, I thought for sure I hadn't been on in months, and I just thought this show was over. But it's not. It's I'm going not sure, strong. I'm not sure we haven't been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Tug, it's good to have you back in the building. It really is. It's great to be back. It's been quite uh, – I don't know the last time I was on. I want to say, like, we, maybe, like, pre-move or once post-move, but a lot of life going on. As I alluded to um, off air, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm adding a third kid to Dirty Sports Dad. And um, so I got to move. So that's, do we that's, know, and, and I don't want to make any decisions for them before they're out, but do we know what of the two genders a doctor would say? Well, I guess I will never define that child. Um, that baby can be whatever gender they want um biologically speaking though what gender what, what's the predominant gender of the dirty sports hosts families we are all boys three three, three boys coming that's 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 i'll be reaching out to all of you to both of you for advice on the the the, the three brothers and he's got more obviously well you know my you know my mom used to say people would always say to her I just don't know. Five boys. How'd you do it? Blah, blah, blah. And my mom would always tell me, especially as I got older, she goes, again, she'd be canceled probably for saying this. She's like, boys are just easier to raise because she'd say, you know, women were so emotional and we, we, we think things through. And like, if I tell my boy to just stop it or, you know, you can chew them out or it's very cut and clear with boys. She would always say. She'd say, girls are a lot different. Like, we, we, we have a lot of other things going on. So, I think in a way it's easier, according to her, to raise boys. The one thing I'll say is that, you know, I had two sisters growing up. I always enjoyed, um, probably maybe, maybe not in the moment enjoying having two sisters, but, like, I think I learned a lot about women from having two sisters. So, I, I think I, I, the, we're, we're trying, hoping to have a girl, um, but we, get, we got three boys. Really, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, and um, the thing I'll miss is, like, no father-daughter dance at the wedding. But, like, also, by the same token, like, I have a couple cousins that are, like, going through their teen years and that I follow on Instagram. And, like, I want no part of having to have those conversations. That's, <laughs> um, that's literally what I was going to say to you if, <laughs> from somebody who has, you know, two brothers and one sister is, like, you'll know what each of your boys is about. And they'll they'll be a pretty, you know – small range of their emotional and like quirkiness whereas like 
at 13, a girl is just like, I have no idea. Like this was one person. And now I referred to my sister's teenage years as our Vietnam. I was like, we lost some good men out there. You know, not everybody, not everybody came home and, uh, but we, we survived, you know, we made it through. It's not a war we won, um, but, but we fought it. Uh, so you've got, you know, you, you definitely don't have teenage girl, which especially with TikTok and like Instagram oh. and just oh. general girl, teenage girl stuff. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so we move on with three, um, you know, getting all the accoutrements of being, you know, a full-time dad, like getting into the, you know, larger van business. Um, <laughs> pretty soon <laughs> um so uh you know anyway a lot a lot of a lot of world you know a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on but i'm i'm really excited to see both of you i haven't seen joe since he returned from his uh, domestic trip um andy i haven't seen you since you came back from the capital uh last week so that's <laughs> cool <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had that one. Right. and ready. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah. You you Thank were you. fire on that. Thank and Tug, you. I I just I, I know Andy didn't and I didn't, but I can only assume that you have had an alarm on your phone set for the Tiger Woods documentary. Now you've got three boys. Like are you planning like a a Coker boys foursome? Like this will be the Sunday thing instead of church. You guys hitting the links everywhere. Well, every here, here's the sad them. part. Uh, my wife, Catherine, played golf in high school. So now, like, I don't want to, like, leave her out. She's, she, can, she can hit a ball, too. So I don't know what we're going to do. One, one of them's going to not play and just be the caddy. Maybe that's <laughs> what we'll do. We'll have, like, a, like a – we'll play horse. The loser has to be the caddy for the day. So that's what we'll do. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's some golf stuff that I want to make sure that we get to. Obviously, Tiger Doc. I did not watch it. Did you guys watch it yet? Um, I didn't even know there was a Tiger Doc. Well, there's been a lot of pub about it, but I'm I'm curious about the HBO running it the same night after six football playoff games. Like, there's like a lot of feel like there's sports fatigue after the end of the Steelers Browns game. So I'm I'm interested to know why they decided to program it there. But um, I'm sure we'll get into it. I mean, it's a pretty amazing life. Like, whether you guys are very you know opposed to Tiger, but like, what a what a life, what a life he's lived. I'm I'm so actually should, not. I, I I'm not. Maybe Joe a little more than me, but I don't, I'll let him speak on that. I'm not opposed to Tiger. I'm opposed to, or I should say I was opposed to just denial of how great he was and the definition of being back. That's the only thing I was opposed to. And I've always just been opposed to like, like the, this slurping. Yeah. The slurp, but like for the guy, you know, he's not, I said it the other day to somebody I was talking about, I was like, he's not Alex Smith. He hasn't come back from 17 leg surgeries and his wife made his, you know, braces into a trophy. Like <laughs> essentially, you know, people who write root for like the return of Tiger Woods to greatness are the people that are like, I hope Big Ben can come back for one more year and redeem himself where I'm like, I'm good if that's the end of Big Ben. If the end of Big Ben is like, a twice accused rapist crying on the bench after he got beat by the progressive insurance guy. Like I'm all for this ending. Which great segue, Joe Prano. That's, a, prof you. that's a professional right there. I think it is the end and his missed throws and just, I, it's just, he just doesn't have it. 
that's my that's my take on Ben. We'll start there. What do you guys think? Well, I the, think te- the tears yeah. last night. I mean, I'll just say, I'll, I'll just say quickly. I'll pass it to Joe. Like, it, it did look like he's having a moment with himself because they, they did zoom in. NBC zoomed in on him last night, showing tears down his you know cheeks. So I don't know if that's just him sort of judging his own performance. But this is this isn't coming from me. But like you know, people throughout the league basically say that Big Ben's work ethic isn't like the top top level work ethic in the league. You know, it's like. I don't see, I don't, you know, it's hard, you know, to, to see him come back for one more year and like, this is the year I'm going to put everything into it. You're probably going to get more of the same. Um, but I'm sure Joe and I will agree on a lot of these things because y- yes, Big Ben uh, was not very good last night, but like there, it was complete failure by the entire organization last night. Like everyone was bad. Um, I'm, you know, we'll get into the, the Thomas situation. Like, I'll just harp on, like, the, the thing that Twitter kind of globbed onto, too, which was the fourth and one punt where he, he went later said that he was feeling the momentum of wanting to pin them back. What momentum are you talking about? Yeah. The momentum is your offense, it, not, it, your, it, not your defense. Your defense have already hung, got hung for 35. That, what momentum that, are you talking about, Mike? That train of thought was lunacy. In fact, <laughs> in fact – the only, the only thing that like gives that game a chance is embracing the wackiness, embracing that you've given up a ton of points and they're the Browns and they're going to give up a ton of points and turnovers are going to happen and big plays are going to happen and our quarterback's throwing four touchdowns, but he's throwing four picks. There's 500 yards. It's like you just need to go full, you know, big 12. Like the idea of like of some big 12 coach in the fourth quarter trying to pin somebody, you know, to protect their 12 point deficit. They would get, they would get run out of Norman, Oklahoma. Like the only way, the only move there is to be like, let's just get weird. And you know, if we get it great. And if not, like they're probably going to score, but then they'll score faster. So we can come back and score again faster. Like, it couldn't have been, like, a less informed, less, like, aware of what, how the whole game has played out and how your only chance of winning is this angle. And, and listen, I'm a, I've, I've been a Mike Tomlin truther, and I kind of downshifted this season when they were 11-0, and and I was like, okay, you know? I let it get to double-digit wins. I still called them pretenders. It's at 11. The day I jumped, you know, not on the bandwagon, but the day I said, okay, we can't criticize these guys at 11-0 anymore. They've, what, what, lost five of their last six and and don't win a play and get embarrassed at home by the Cleveland Browns. That's like the whole, you know, the one thing that you can criticize Pittsburgh all you want. They also did it to the team that everybody goes – well, Browns gonna Browns. Yeah, and, a team- and Browns tried tried to Browns. There was an element where the Browns were still gonna go to Brown. If you if you push it over the edge and go in that fourth and one, the Browns may Browns. Right. Yeah. Like get get, the, get in that position where they actually get in their in their own way. I mean, every, the only way that Big Ben really succeeds in the, in the league the last few years is like Randy Finkner is the OC, and he he basically runs into plays where it, it, never, it never works. And Big Ben's whole scenario is we got to go uh, backyard football. Like, I'm going to take – like, we ride or die with Big Ben just sort of like – I'm going to call the plays. 
whatever you're doing doesn't make any sense. And, you know, you live and die with a couple picks, but like, like 500 yards and five touchdowns or whatever. And, and, and it didn't happen. And, and a, big, uh, a couple of times, Mike Tomlin's like, <laughs> just the decision to like take the ball out of the hand when he actually is heating up makes no sense. And then uh, the Browns throw four or five times in a row. They do, do exactly what the Steelers should have been doing. Yeah. And just roll the ball down the field. It's like just stomped on them. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy to watch. Like, I looked up a couple stats for you because, you know, you know, the tug nug just got to come back. But, um, but Baker Mayfield is the slowest to get the ball out in the league. Over three seconds. And last night, he got it out in 2.3 seconds. They couldn't move the ball. He got sacked eight times the first two games against the Steelers. They said he wasn't pressured. He had to run and stuff, but PFF doesn't count runs as, like, pressures. But out of 36 dropbacks, he wasn't pressured. They, they, didn't, change their, they didn't change their game, which to me, Mike Tomlin, I've always had this feeling because I feel I'm aligned with Joe in the sense where I like Tomlin, went to William & Mary, where I went for a year. Uh, you know, I think he's a good coach, but they've always had problem playing down to competition. Always. Always have, have had problems playing down to competition. I, I feel like he's old school in the sense where he feels like, Energy and like alphaness is enough. Where Stefanski is a totally is a young buck, smart coach. Even though he wasn't there last night, you know I, that actually I, shows to me more uh, quality as a coach because he he's not even there, and there's a system built in place for them to do whatever they want. They do the chub, they, they do the hunt show, and he's like, I'll take whatever you know this sort of like energy is enough to win thing, and I'll stomp your face with it. And I think Tomlin and the same goes for, I mean, even maybe more so with Roethlisberger. I think Ben we, has had this guy in him his whole career, but we are seeing clearly a changing of the guard and, and very much like very blatant in the, you know, the, the one quarterback class getting three wins yesterday, whereas Rivers and Roethlisberger lose, Eli retires last year, like – that, you know, the changing of those of the guard from that old school, like this is the end of that run. There is no more of that. And, and Ben never really adjusted to being low turnover, high completion percentage guy. And it, it seems like he almost embraced the backyard football mentality more and more as he went along. And Tomlin, the same thing. Tom, like, I just feel like Tomlin has not made any adjustments at all to what he was doing to win football games 12 years ago. And it's a whole different world in the NFL. And I just think that, you know, I didn't see this coming because I'm, you know, I'm one of the 75% of people who watched and bet on this game, who was like going to be hard to win without a head coach, but with a head coach, I liked what the Browns had to attack the Steelers with. And, and then, you know, they don't have a head. I mean, (laughs) I, I tweeted it yesterday. Mike Tomlin got outcoached by blank. No one. There was no – Mike Tomlin got outcoached by no coach. Guys, I know we're all going to be hard on Tomlin and how they play, but can we give a little credit to the Browns for winning a playoff game finally and dominating and coming ready to play and having a great run game? Look, as someone – who's from a city that can't win a playoff game. Like, I, I just think it's great. I think it's great for Cleveland. They want a playoff game. Now, I don't think they're going to win next week. I don't think anybody does, but 
I, I agree. I thought they were going to brown it. I think that if that fourth and one goes a different way, Browns might brown. But look, they won a game. The monkey's off their back. And I can't wait for more Baker Mayfield commercials because we know how much I love those. Well, let me ask you this. Um, and this is a total hypothetical, but it has a Giants uh, tie-in. Like, where, where, where does this team go if Odell's still in, that, in the game? Like, it, it, you know, there's a lot of stories, whispers behind the scenes that there's a lot of, you know, chemistry issues between Baker and Odell. Like, do, do, we, do we see Odell in a Browns uniform next year? Thoughts on that, Joe? Like, and, and it's I like, mean, we, how, we, how, did that, how did that team shift away? It seems like they spread the ball more instead of trying to force it to Odell all the time. We've, t- we've oh. talked about this on the show uh, before, and I think, the, I think the thing with, like, the diva wide receiver and the, like, force of all wide receiver is we've seen the diva wide receiver go to a team where, like, you know, get picked up by a Belichick and not do that anymore. So like, I think there's something innate about like these insane talents that have been dominant at every level where that's just in them to be like, I want the ball, throw me the damn ball. But I think it's more on the coach and it's more on the quarterback who you could be the bet. You could be Jerry Rice. You're not more important than the quarterback to, to say, we'll get you the ball. And if we don't, that's, you know, deal with it. Like we have seen the, the rehabilitation of diva wide receivers in the past. So like, I know Odell is, you know, characterized as a diva, but like, I just, I just put that on everywhere he's been. And, and, you know, the giants, Ben McAdoo was not prepared to handle that. And you know, but you, but uh, let me hop in here. So you, it doesn't seem like you're giving any accountability to Odell. You're saying I put that on where he's been. I, I, no, I put that on Odell, but I'm saying, okay, listen, there are wide receivers. You know, Not every wide receiver is Larry Fitzgerald. They come in and quietly crush their job. And you know, I said Jerry Rice before, who obviously is not a diva wide receiver and is the greatest of all time. But like Randy Moss was a diva wide receiver. Randy Moss was yelling – in Dante Culpepper's face on the sideline, then goes to the Raiders and everybody's like, Oh, well, this is, you know, guess that was, guess that's Randy Moss. Now just diva wide receiver. Then he goes to the Patriots and breaks every receiving season receiving record. So I think, you know, that's just something that you have to plan to deal with when you have an insane talent. And the idea that you wouldn't want Odell Beckham on this Browns team Seems crazy to me. I think you just need to figure out how to use him and keep him happy. I wouldn't, and I've said this. I wouldn't want him. They're, they're winning without him. They're winning. Well, they're, they're, listen, they're going to win a playoff game, and you just said you get basically give them no shot against the Chiefs. I don't give they, them no shot. I mean, they're ten point underdogs. They're ten point underdogs, and if they're giving up, you know, thirty five points to a Roethlisberger four turnover Steelers team, like. Or what are we putting the over under at at Mahomes? And and then it becomes, well, if you're going to be this team, aren't don't you need more weapons? I don't know what the if I can save money, I get rid of Odell. You know, it's funny because we're gonna have this conversation a little later about the uh, a couple other alpha wide receivers over the weekend, namely DK Metcalf and his his antics. So uh, maybe we can sort of you know compare. Uh, some of these guys later in the uh, episode, but I, w- I just want to say quickly, 
Browns Chiefs next week uh, has uh, Chiefs as 10 point favorites. The total is 56, highest point total of the week. So you got to expect, you know, 35 of those coming from, again, you know, the Chiefs. But um, yeah, I mean, you have, you have to, Andy, you said the right thing. You got to tip your cap to the Browns. Like, first time and forever to, to win. Like, I, mean, I think everyone was just, you turn on your TV last night and they're up 14 nothing. Uh, you know, it makes it a lot more easy to win when you're up 28 to, 28 nothing in the first quarter. Um, but I think they'll have a chance, you know, one, because Kareem Hunt revenge game, you know how those, he'll probably go for 102. Um, <laughs> I just love but, the idea. This, this is the Tiger doc, the Kareem yeah, Hunt. Get this for game. me, for me, guys. <laughs> we, had, we had to get rid of you because you beat the shit out of your girlfriend. <laughs> He's like, I want revenge. Yep, revenge right. is how you got here in the first place, buddy. Stop doling out revenge on people, specifically big... women. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, the Steelers, I think it's, it's very interesting to see where they go from here. I mean, there, there's some – I think Nick. this is from Nick D'Alessandro. Let me know that um, he might see a, a Watt reunion in Pittsburgh next year. Will we, wow. will we see JJ God. move over? God, I can't. I can't. That's just, I, I don't know. I like, like, I just, that's, that's too much testosterone for me. Like, I, I don't know if I can handle that. Um, but I'm interested. Who's, do, like, who's the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year? I was going to ask the same question. Ben you know, Roethlisberger, if, the field. And if the field, like, who do you go with? Well, they've tried. Well, they've tried this. I mean, J- Josh Cribbs was ne- – I mean, they drafted him and it was, a, you know, like uh, my boy um, out of – Landry Jones out of Oklahoma. Like a couple of different options last year that were just abysmal. But, I mean, but, it, I'm, but we have just across the state, we've got Wentz blowing whoa, the wind. We've got, we've got Winston, who's, you know, the third string in New Orleans. We've Possibly got, Sam Darnold. Yeah, Sam Darnold. Sam Bradford's going to come back probably. Well, it's, it's a good question. I, I read into a few articles on that. They're not in a good position because they're going to have the 24th draft pick, so they're too late to get a good quarterback. They're not in a good position like Joe. wise Yeah, and who's available. So the argument that I'm seeing early is you kind of suck next year and you hope for a QB in 2022. We should have and, this is the year to suck. This is the yeah. year to suck. I mean, yeah. You, and, uh, and, and then who's that coach? Who's that quarterback's coach? Mike Tomlin? You're, 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 you're a young, fresh out of college gunslinger. You got Mike Tomlin yelling at you while you're asleep. Like, I don't know. I'm, I've been off Tomlin for a while, but. Well, look, man, I, I, until you alluded to it, and we can just go to this game. I see a lot of similarities between the two franchises, Seattle and Pittsburgh, after how these games played out with, with coaching, with getting out coached by younger guys. It doesn't take away from bad play on the field. You already alluded to DK Metcalf, but obviously I'm a big Pete Carroll stand, but that game really makes you think. And if you read enough into it, especially Schottenheimer calling plays, they were completely outcoached. Now, they played terribly all the way around from the coaches to the quarterback to the receivers dropping balls. But, like, that play that Russ threw that pick six on, and that doesn't alleviate Russ from blame, but they said he 100% knew that play, the DB. 
Well, yeah, he jumped a he jumped a wide receiver screen that that never happened. Like just straight, you see tipped wide receiver screens intercepted. You see dropped wide receiver screens. You don't see guys jumping screen routes. But you know, I think I think the thing with Pete Carroll, as opposed to Tomlin, like I don't know what Mike Tomlin's about. You know, and at this point, it's like, oh, he's you know, Mike Tomlin's wearing the the aviators and he's the best. Meanwhile, like the entire league is fueled by revenge against Juju and what, and you know, Claypool's like TikTok. Like he's not exactly like the general that his facade makes it seem like he is the thing with Pete Carroll. And I know we have a DK Metcalf diva wide receiver. And, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I think diva wide receivers are, are tough to manage regardless. But I think the thing with Pete Carroll and the Schottenheimer and the way that everybody wants to, you know, put these last few years of blame on them is Pete Carroll just wants to win with defense. He, he has a personality. But he doesn't have the defense that he used to have. That, therein lies the problem. And, and listen, this goes back to what I've been saying the whole time, which is if that's your M.O., Maybe don't give your quarterback the bank, the bank breaking contract and not have the Legion of boom. If you have Russell Wilson and you're, you know, Sean McVay or you're some, you know, offensive guru. Okay. But if you're a guy who's built on, let's run the ball and play some defense, then maybe don't say let's burn down the defense and pay the quarterback. Yeah, but look. I just want to say the interesting thing about Seattle this year is they, they, they actually their teams kind of flip flopped. Like they're they're two, they're two halves of the ball. Like offense was amazing the first six seven games of the year. Defense was all time bad, and then the, the defense got a little bit better, and the the offense sputtered. Like I I, I hear both arguments, and I I've always thought of the Seahawks past five years as a paper tiger. Um, I liked the Rams this past weekend. I said, uh, you know, one, one of the Dirty Sports followers came in style 33, asked me who the Paper Tigers were. I said everyone but the Packers. But I think the Rams, you know, give it, you know, I, know I know Andy likes to, 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 to hit on the $100 million contract, but, like, we've seen Goff have abilities to go off. Like, I think, like, it, in, a, in the right situation, that defense, this defense is better than really good. This defense no. is excellent. They're, and I want to hop in on that. They are. Like, like I don't want to take – obviously, I'm saying how bad Seattle played, but I don't want to take anything away from that. And I don't think people realize this. Going into the playoffs, Seattle – or I'm sorry, the Rams' defense gave up the fewest amount of points, the fewest amount of yards, and the fewest amount of first downs. Those are the three stats that matter, aren't they, when it comes to a defense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, you know, they played the Packers next week, and – um like I don't think that the Rams are going to win now because they don't have a healthy quarterback and Aaron Donald's not at a hundred percent. But if, if, if all things were equal, I think they would have, I think they'd be very, very live because Goff has, as we saw him against Tampa Bay earlier in the year, has a chance to go off for 35 and that's how you beat Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Like you have a, a very good defense and then you have this ability to kind of go off on people and, and, and they're susceptible to the run. Like Cam Akers go, is, is hot right now. So I still think they'll probably cover that game. But I think they had a real chance if everyone was at full strength. And I, and I think also there's certain matchups. Like uh, Shanahan kind of owns um, McVay. 
Um, and McVeigh kind of owns uh, Carroll. Like, so we're, we're just, we're just seeing and, like, and, and Carroll kind of owns Shanahan. And Carroll kind of owns Shanahan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's like a, a, a weird thing and everyone owns. And Cliff uh, Kingsbury is just <laughs> in, also in the division. <laughs> yeah. He's at home in a very nice house. Cliff Kingsbury know? owns an awesome house <laughs> outside of Scottsdale. Yeah, not, uh, util- not utilizing Kyler in the best way, but, um, you know, we'll see next year. But I think, like, I, I, th- I hear all your points. I think, like, the Se- Seahawks are very interesting because they keep running the same offense, but they are very talented. I mean, like, around week six or seven, I think part of the, the, the diva thing happened because DK became an absolute beast. Right. The problem is they started to feed – I mean, yes, he got two scores last week, but they tried to feed him too much. Lockett, who was awesome for the first half of the year, disappears. Like Carson's really good, you know. Even Hyde was playing well. So like, there's just not a- enough innovation in that offense or balance to like really make me feel like they're 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 a threat to do anything. You know what happened? Defenses started taking away the deep ball after the first six seven weeks, and they don't innovate from there. And Russ is still trying to throw the deep ball, and it's not there. And Schottenheimer's calling the plays, and then they flip flop the plays. I think there was massive panic after Russ had a few bad games, like massive panic, where they said, hey, we're going to go back to the old school. Russ is turning the ball over too much. Instead of maybe finding a middle solution. Well, I think the middle solution is tough to find because Russ is the NFL poster child for play action is the cheat code. He's not good sitting back there in a shotgun, getting the ball snapped, and, and running, you know, just a five wide, throw it deep, or even throw it middle offense. Like, he's good at going deep on the moon ball off the play action that's set up getting guys, you know, a head start on their, on their run downfield. And like you said, teams start to figure that out, and you have to innovate. Now, people always want to put, you know, everything on the coaches there. But like, like I said last year, like I said, going into this game, like I said, at some point, he has to make a play on his own. At some point, he has to do something. And, and the other thing is, we've, you know, it's kind of a moot point with the Rams because they already paid Goff. But Goff's been to a Super Bowl. And if he goes to a Super Bowl this year, win or lose, with the best defense in the league, no one's going, Jared Goff's an elite quarterback. And I'm sorry, but that's where I've always been at with Russ. Cool. You played well when you had a top one defense your first few years. Since then, you lose your first playoff game and you look bad doing it. But that's that's factually untrue, what you just said. That's just factually untrue. He he for the record, Russ played an awful game. He played a terrible game. And I agree with you. And he played an awful game two years ago in Dallas. But he, and he didn't, played Joe. bad last year in the loss. Joe, this was the first time they've lost at home since 2004 in opening round playoff game. So let's, let's tap the brakes for a minute. He, he's, not, he's not playing awful games in these playoffs. He's holding the ball too long. I agree with you there. You've got to get rid of the ball at a certain point. You've got to get rid of the ball. But I think, I think yeah, I'll leave finish. But he's not playing awful. I mean, I, mean, the, I just think not, if, you're not, if you're not converting third downs, you're not playing well. You're also, they're also running the ball on a lot of these third downs. Look, they went from... Two years ago in Dallas, the only third downs they converted were running the ball. If, if you look at how he's utilized or not utilized, in my opinion, especially on a lot of these third and short, and they just 
you're going against the best defense in the NFL. You're just gonna you're just gonna hand the ball to Carson up the gut. That's a, that's a terrible play call. They they need to roll Russ out more. They need to get him in open space, especially when when he's going against a good defense. He also needs to get rid of the ball quicker. I agree. But I, I think it's a combination of a lot of those things. And I think the play calling of Schottenheimer. You guys should all read the Ringer article. It's great. He was take care out of it. He was so out coached by the Rams defensive coordinator. And I for, is it Staley? Is that his name, Tug? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, so. That let young me, defensive coordinator for the Rams. Yeah. He was a hundred percent out coached. He was a hundred percent out coached. Russ definitely needs to make better plays. But this notion that that Russ is just playing awful in the playoffs, it's just not true. Well, well, I, well, we'll we'll just first minus, of all, we'll have to, minus we'll, mi- minus Saturday. Saturday he played awful. First of all, we'll just have to agree to disagree there because you know again I I go back to the Dallas game two years ago. I don't care about the the late you know yard stacking. If you're not if you're not converting third downs, what you know I don't I don't care what your name is or what your stats look like at the end. If you're punting all the time, you're not playing well. And the bottom line is. It's again, I think Russ is a great quarterback, but we all need to tap the brakes on how great he is because we've had Aaron Rodgers with Mike McCarthy. We have had Aaron Rodgers with a coach that shoots him in the leg to start every fucking game. And he's played in NFC championship games and he's carried teams. And we've had Deshaun Watson, you know, go off in the playoffs just on his own, regardless of being coached by Bill O'Brien. And everybody wants to say, it's the coaching, it's the coaching, it's the coaching. Meanwhile, everybody wants to say Pete Carroll's a top five coach in the NFL. And Russ just, you know, Russ has the 70-yard halves and it's coaches, coaches, coaches. Well, that's fine. So let's just say that, you know, Jared Goff goes off because he has a great coach, but he's not a great quarterback. And let's tap the brakes on Russell Wilson is in conversations with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen and other guys. Like you came out and you took a dump. You did. And he, and, he, he and did one, one game, but again, we're, we're looking at a resume, right? Like we're looking at the whole, the whole package and no one's denying that he took a, a dump. Like, like, like no one's going <laughs> to deny that he took a, <laughs> he took a terrible, big, smelly dump. But, but Joe, like, let's tap the brakes a little too. Like, like you're bringing Jared Goff into this discussion. Like, come on, man. That's just. Can I, can I weigh in on this? Yeah. What, what I think is interesting, as we've only compared two games so far, but they're similar games. Like, they're both the Brown Steelers, Rams, Seahawks are both uh, interdivisional playoff games. Both have played each other twice this year. So, like, to me, I think what's exciting is about that. Like, look, keep looking at the young, the youthful young coaches and the energy and the the analytics and the savvy they're bringing into the league. Like we should be excited about this because McVeigh just, sm- you know, is to smash Carroll and Stefanski whatever, and whatever he built in Cleveland just came in and Tomlin's pretty young, but like Tomlin feels old guard to me where yeah. I feel similar to what Joe's saying, where I'm not, not quite sure what he is about other than like just the face of the franchise at the moment. Um, and so for the Rams to come in and like, you know, keep in mind the cupboard's pretty bare with the Rams. Like they, you know, they they gave up, they sold out everything for these draft pick, draft picks to get, to bring in, you know, the defense. But they're still they're still finding some nice hits with Acres. You know, even Darrell Henderson's do, doing well. Woods and Cup are, are hits. Goff is agreed. We 
I agree with both of you. I don't think Goff is the answer, but but we've seen him do enough. Like I think McVay is – I think he surprised all of us this year because we felt like it was a down year last year and he's come back and they've played really well in spots. They, they just – they shredded the Buccaneers, you yep. know. Um, but Carroll, that's why I say – that's why I say it's – you know, we can criticize Goff all we want, but the bottom line is, you know, you can build a team and say, like, I don't need my quarterback to be Aaron Rodgers. I need a really good defense. I need to be able to run the ball. I need to be whatever. I can get to a Super Bowl, and I can potentially win a Super Bowl. Like, McVay believes he can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. He already got there. He's got the one Super Bowl loss that, you know, Aaron, that, that, that Russell Wilson has on his resume. He doesn't have the Super Bowl win yet, but he's, he's got the loss. It's like, to me, again, it's build a great defense, run the ball, take it out of your quarterback's hands if he's not one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And the thing is, again, about the Russell Wilson thing is everybody wants to point to Russell Wilson's career stats. This is why he's elite. This is why he's elite. This is why he's elite. Pete Carroll's been his coach the whole time. Schottenheimer's been his coach. So, so when, he's playing, when he's playing MVP quality, oh, Schottenheimer is a fine offense coordinator. And then when the playoffs come and he can't get a first down, it's all Schottenheimer's fault. Well, it's got to be some combo of the two. Well, well it is. It's, oh. it, it is a combo. And, and, and look, uh, real quick, Tug, and then hop yeah. in. Yeah. I think it's a combo of all those things. And let's not forget, when we're having any of these QB discussions, I think it's important to always remember, it's where you go. It's your system. All that shit matters. And we, we've discussed it at length. Where's Tom Brady if he goes to the Browns? Where's Russell Wilson if he goes to the Browns? You know, these are legitimate questions that you have to ask about all these quarterbacks. So – I, I agree with you there, Joe. I think it is a combination. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think that's the thing that people, you know, when they want to do the slurping or if you're me and you want to, like, be what I think is a realist is Russell, when, it, when Russell Wilson went to the Seahawks, he wasn't a top pick. They had a team in place. They had a defense. He went in. But the, the Seahawks have flipped from being the Legion of Boom to being Russell Wilson's team. And the Legion of Boom takes you to Super Bowls even if your quarterback throws four picks in the championship game. And when it's Russell Wilson's team, they beat, you know, a seven and nine Eagles or they lose their very first playoff game. And that, that's my point as I went in comparing these two games that we've compared is I think how similar the Seahawks and the Steelers regimes are. And maybe we, we put, I still think I probably fall in between you guys and where, where we put Wilson. I think Wilson is very good, but, the, but he reminds me a lot of big Ben. Right, Big Ben won Super Bowls when he had an elite defense. When the, the team became Big Ben's, we haven't quite seen that yet. Same thing with Seattle. So I think like it's it's a pretty they're both kind of backyard players have a tendency to hold the ball too long, get sacked. I think like the comparison between Big Ben and Russell Wilson is very very real. Uh, um, so it's interesting to to watch like both of them kind of. Have, have weekends where they stumble for, 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 you know, they're great because of that. And they're also, that's, they're also their weakness. And we saw the weaknesses kind of show up this week. No, and, and I have no problem with that. Look, and I've, I'm on record my affection for Russ, but I'm also. They're two Hall of Famers, I should say. They're both Hall of Famers. But, but that's so. what I was just going to say. I'm also on record never, you know, never comparing him to Aaron Rodgers or, Patrick Mahomes, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm on record. Let, let the Twitter idiots do that. Who don't follow the sport. Like we do, you know, like let that happen. And, and that's fine. And I think 
I'm glad you brought that up, Tug, those two franchises, because that's what I was saying earlier in the show. I think there is uh, a, a big crossover with them. And if we want to move to another team and, and a great quarterback who I said I would put third in my MVP voting this year is the Bills and Josh Allen. And how he's making a name for himself and the Bills finally get off the schneid and win a playoff game, you know, first time in, what, 25, 26 years. And I know Joe has a lot to say about both Josh Allen and Phillip Rivers doing Phillip Rivers things in the playoffs. Well, I mean, I, I was texting you throughout the game and I, I started to smell it, you know, in the second quarter when it was kind of like a back and forth game. And I was like, this is going to come down to a Phillip Rivers. This is going to come down to a Phillip Rivers with the ball, with a shot, which like, I don't know what it is about Phillip Rivers teams. Cause I don't think it's, that's all on him, but it's like, how many times have we had the Phillip Rivers has a shot to win it? Like in regular seasons, in postseasons. I mean, just in the last few seasons. And I mean, you get two. The, the thing is, it couldn't have been more Phillip Rivers of a final drive. I mean, you have two throwaways on second and third down. They, they, they go into that with one timeout because Phillip Rivers can't get a playoff earlier in the half. Then I think they lose a second one on a challenge. So you go Phillip Rivers with one timeout. I mean, I, I didn't shut it off, but I could have because they weren't getting in. Yeah, I mean, I mean we've done the Phillip Rivers' anti-clutch thing. It's like he, he continues to have these moments. They did cover, though, right? Yes. So and that, that felt like – uh, I mean, I, if I, was, I did not bet on this game, but I felt like the Colts were the play just because, you know, everyone's paranoid that the Bills – aren't going to get it done. It had a little bit of Brown's energy probably with the bills. So, but I, so in, in that, in that, that respect, I was really impressed with the bills. I mean, you talk about diva wide receivers. Diggs is unbelievable this year. Yeah. Diggs is incredible. Like it's, it's very rare that you see receivers in their first year moving to a different team, be as good as he is. And like, that's a testament to him, to Josh Allen's improvement to Brian Dable. Who, who, who a lot of people thought, like, was not the best OC out there. Like, they thought he'd be, like, a pretty run-heavy. But I, I think they're one of the most fun teams in the league. If you look up Justice Mosquito, who's a guy on Twitter who does, like, a, a weekly breakdown of, um, uh, of, like, the NFL, I think it's really, really accurate. Like, he has, he has the, the Bills ahead of the Chiefs. Um, so I'd like to see that. I'd love to see the Bills play the Chiefs. I think that would be super fun. Well, I think, uh, you know, the thing about the Bills and sort of the, the public's, you know, love of the Bills is I feel like people went into yesterday thinking either the Bills are losing this game to the Colts or the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Like, I think there was two camps. Like, the people are way high on the Bills and the people who were like, the Bills are going to get shocked. And to me, I, I picked and bet on the Colts. And it played out exactly as I thought it would. It's like, yeah, there's going to be a chance for Phillip Rivers at the end, and he's not going to get it done. They'll cover, but they won't win. And I like the Bills to win next week. And I like the Bills, you know, fun birth of, of, of a new franchise to be – to run into a Chiefs buzzsaw. And, it, and it's like, to me, that's fine. It's like that if that's their season, going from nobodies to, you know – outsider MVP candidate two seed lose to the defending champ chiefs. 
you're building a franchise. You're also seeing, like, they played the Texans last year in the playoffs, and he really struggled in that game last year. And to see the uh, maturity, the development in his play, like, I mean, I, I, I almost, like, ran through my window when I saw him do that first touchdown where he tried to run it and then do this, like, the shovel pass to Dawson Knox in the end zone. It was such a great heads-up, athletic, tough guy play. It was, like, it was all the things you want in a quarterback. You're like, this guy is making the leap. Not to mention, like, I know people were hard on him pre-draft, and I think I was too. Probably like, well, why am I going to pick on this? He's got like Ryan Leaf. Uh, he smells like Ryan Leaf a little bit, like big kid out of the, you know, the West. Um, but he th- his, his, his football looks so beautiful. Like, I just want to watch him throw. I just want on a loop. I just, want, I just want him throwing silently on a loop when I need to calm myself down because it's so effortless to watch. And, you know, you need people like him and Mahomes. Just throw, the aesthetics of the way they throw the football is just – it's just awesome. And I think, you know, when, when I watch Allen play, and to go back to, to Russ, is like Allen makes those crazy throws where he's like off balance and going the wrong way and all that, which Russ had a great touchdown uh, making one of those plays in their game. But the one thing is like I feel like Josh Allen's movement is with purpose. He's like, I'm going – like, even on that touchdown you talked about, he's like, I'm going for the end zone. And then yep. he's like, wait, no, I'm just going to shovel Improvise. this off. Yep. We don't see a lot of Josh Allen, like, a couple slides here, a couple slides there, and I'm back, and I'm forward, and, I, and I'm sacked. He's, he's moving with purpose one way or the other. Sometimes it's in the wrong direction, and he, ta- he takes a bad attack, but he's going, I'm running this way. And what I like about him is he has a big arm. He moves with purpose. He has the ability to make those crazy throws and he'll take off and he's playing incredible. And like, he is the X factor in, you know, a game against the chiefs. Like I think the chiefs beat them if they get there. But to me, what could be an X is just, does he lose his mind? Does he just lose his mind? Well, yeah. And you had to go ahead, Andy. I, was just, I just want to say quickly, the X factor is the fact that Cole Beasley dropped a rap single last week, and you, every time he drops a rap <laughs> single, you know they're going to do something big. So just look for another rap single this week, and if he does, it's a Bills W. I texted you guys last night about this. I think it's really interesting, the two conferences right now. It's the old guard versus the new guard of the teams left. AFC, you have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, all young guys. NFC, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and, you know, Jared Goff's obviously in between. But my point is three of the four are the old guard. And what else is interesting, you guys love talking about contracts. Everybody in AFC is on a rookie deal, minus Patrick Mahomes, who signed the big deal, as we know, but was still on a final year before he signed that. So my point is, it is kind of interesting, right? You look at how these are shaping up, and this this new this new young guard is just they're so fun to watch. This crop of quarterbacks, obviously, and 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 not only is that when you look at the AFC, you, you're looking at not just those are the guys that are, but those look at the guys that they beat. They beat the old guard. They beat the Roethlisbergers. They beat the Rivers. Like, and, and you know that's. I think it's, it's, I mean, it's not even a passing of the torch. It's a snatching of the torch. Cause I think Ben would love to be holding the torch, but he's watching, you know, Baker Mayfield plant it in the center of uh, 
Heinz Field. He's crying about it. Like it was like, taken against his will. Like yeah, and then and then to kind of segue into the Ravens Titans game. I mean that run. I must have watched that run by Lamar Jackson ten times. It, it's not a single juke, not a single move. It's just gliding so effortlessly. Is that a word? Effort? Yes. Effortlessly? Yes. There's a, there's a stumble right there. Now, we, talk, we, we did the Tomlin skewering. We've got to talk about the, basically the exact same thing. I mean, Vrabel, who I think is, as, as far as the strategy of it, and as far as like being a chess player, and thinking about if I do this, then this happens. And if I do this and this, like we've seen brilliant moments from him in his coaching career from taking penalties on purpose to save four seconds, which leads to it, you know, for him to, to punt in, in the situation they did late in the game was seemed just as bad as Tomlin, if not worse. Yeah, very. I mean, this whole game, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think Vrabel, and I, I'll, I'll say this, like, I, you, you know, you, Andy mentioned the eight quarterbacks. And I think Vrabel may be in the top ten, but I feel like with, with Belichick aside, like, we're also dealing with the eight best coaches in the NFL right now. Um, so we're seeing a lot of people be really smart with the way they played. And I thought, like, it was definitely, I mean, you could, you could feel the emotion from Lamar trying to avenge last year's loss. Like, there was a lot of energy. I mean, they didn't even shake hands after the game. Yeah. Um, so there's real passion in this. And I thought Hardball just played a really nice game. There was a one late call where they actually had to play um, where Willie Sneed got called for, like, OPI. Yeah. That was atrocious, I thought. And, like, uh, he, Harbaugh was lit up. And I thought, like, I just thought they, to, to, you know, everyone talks about let's see the Ravens when they get down early, right? Like, can they come back? They went down 10 nothing, and they came back and won that game. So, to me, it showed a lot of maturity. I think the Ravens are playing as good a football as they've played all year right now. Struggled early to start the year, getting a little healthier. You see, like, um, maybe they're finally getting out of their COVID, COVID issues. I mean, who knows? Um, but, like, the offense, yes, Lamar, you know, is, is driving the ship, but, like, Do, you know, they finally they, they've inactivated Mark Ingram. Like Dobbins is the guy now. You yeah, know, Hollywood Brown is like in his in his role now. Andrews is still like a big piece. Like, and and a, you know a defense that was Dez sort of is there. Dez, is, <laughs> Dez has learned to clap from Jason Garrett. Yeah. Um. So like that, and, you know, and you got to and you got to give Harbaugh props too. Is a hundred percent. Not only did Derrick Henry not play well. He doesn't even he doesn't even do what you know everybody expects him to do. It's like, oh, they're gonna slow him down, but they're only gonna slow him down for so long. He never came alive. They, you know, they had a strategy to to not let him break them down. And he never got going. And then he's, you know, going over the sideline unhappy. And and yeah, I mean, Harbaugh, I like Harbaugh like blatantly outcoaches Rabel and I just think Vrabel almost outcoached himself a little bit too. I like all these discussions about coaches. So let's bring it back to what you're saying, Joe, about and tug, you know, Tomlin not adjusting. Look what Harbaugh did, right? I mean, he put, he put, he went all in 
on Lamar Jackson. And, and that was a risky move. And obviously Lamar MVP last year, but he didn't win a playoff game until this year. So like, I think, you know, good for Harbaugh to kind of hit the reset button and go in a different direction with Lamar. And, 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 and the Lamar thing for me, I'm just still so curious about because he only had one bad throw yesterday, that, that bad interception to start the game. Then he played great. But again, it's, it is a lot with his legs. And I, I, I still, maybe I'm still old school. Maybe I'm an old head or okay boomer. I still think at a certain point, though, you got to use that arm in the playoffs. And, and that's why I would give the early edge to the Bills ahead of this week's game because I think Josh Allen can, you know, use his arm more, obviously. I'll disagree with you. I mean, okay. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of a quarterback that is so running base, but but that to me that's more of a long term thing. I just don't think it's a long term strategy to win. I think when a quarterback's running as much as Lamar does, eventually, you know, he's going to take a hit that could hamper him. And like once you, you know, once you tell somebody that they can only drive their Ferrari in third gear, well just you know just have a honda <laughs> like because if if you can't go fast what's the point uh you know drive something that's cheaper drive something that's going to get you from point a to point b like to me uh, a lamar jackson right now is as dangerous as anybody because this is their strategy like you said harbaugh has gone all in on him and i think you know any given sunday again a guy like that loses his mind and they can win any game against anybody. Sure. But, but I, but you know, I I'm sort of on the same page as you, just not for the same reason, which is, gotcha. like, I just don't think it works. Whereas like a Josh Allen type and Josh Allen may lose to the Ravens. I think Josh Allen can play this style of football now and, and then become just a passer. If, if Josh Allen takes a hit and can't scramble anymore, I still think he's an effective quarterback. I think if we do the thing with, um, Lamar Jackson that we've done with quarterbacks in the past. I'm Mike Vick, for example, and say like, okay, that's it. We 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 know this, and you know it works, but it only works so much. Now you're just going to be a passer. I just think that that's reckless. Yeah. And so, I love the Ravens right now. I think no, I think no, the I Ravens did, I, Bills game is the elite game next week. And I agree. I have no idea which way it goes. No, I no, I agree. But I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Lamar. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I just think I'm right now gun to my head i'm saying bills and i see you game, I, just to throw that in there Andy, you're right because it's a i've seen the line move as we've talked uh bills open at minus three it's down to minus two and a half uh the total is 50 so i think you, you know you guys were saying the same thing that, uh, that the, the bookmakers are saying breaking well I, I i've been holding on to this for 10 minutes now i've been i've been holding on to this yeah, I'm trying to get through these these discussions. I mean, this is breaking news. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay, Prano, have at it because this concerns you a lot it with your concern, Giants. I mean, it, it's, it concerns me in a terrible way. This is the worst news for me ever. The Eagles fire Doug Peterson. Wow. I mean, you know, I, 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 I take joy in this because I hate Eagles fans, and I think that they're some of the most preposterous people on earth. Um, but I am, I am saddened by this. I would, I would have preferred Doug Peterson Eagles coach for life. I said that last week, give him the Krzyzewski deal. He won the Super Bowl. He won your only Super Bowl. What else does a guy have to do? Put him in there forever. But like, 
this, this, you know, the way Eagles fans and the way kind of everybody in the media, a lot of people in the media talk about, well, what, what did they have to lose by losing the game? What do they have to do? What do they have to lose by their charity case? Give, you know, victory to the, the Redskins. Well, he got fired because of the aftermath. Like, does he get fired if that game doesn't play out in some weird, the entire country looking at him, questioning him? And then also people are saying that that was on the front office. Now, if the front office tells you to tank and you tank, they can't fire you, right? Did they? I, I mean, I, I'm curious to know all the details because I, I mean, it just came out last week before the game that his job is safe. And Lori, it comes out, you know, yesterday that Lori is like unhappy. I'm, I'm just so curious about, I'm sure, you know, Sal Palantino will tell us everything yeah. we need to know. Um, but um, I think he lives in a tent next to the Rocky statue. <laughs> that's the, by the way, that's, that's the most, that's the most like white privilege, like Tug Coker knowingly mispronouncing Sal Palantonio's name. That's just a lot. No, I, I pronounced it right. You pronounced it wrong. It's not Palantonio. No, it's Palantino. Is it? Yeah. Your wait. white privilege is showing. No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I thought it was Sal Palantino. Sal Palantonio. No. It's Palantino. <laughs> it's Sal Palantino? Wrong? Yeah, it's Palantino. It is Palantino? I'm pretty I sure. thought it was Sal Palantonio. <laughs> I, 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 felt like, I felt like that was I, I felt like Sal Palantonio <laughs> joins Tug's country club and Tug <laughs> refuses to ever get his name right. No, I'm not doing want that it. New money, the Italian yeah. joints. It's like yeah, Palantino. Kamala. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, obviously. Um, How's her name pronounced? I always mess it up. Kamala. Kamala. Um. Um. Not but- Kamala. I'm sure she'll come on in, into the YouTube comments and let us know. Um, but I want to say this about the, the Eagles. It's very much Sal Palantonio. Anyway, okay, continue. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wrong. I make one joke, I, I, I lose. I lose. No, My bad. We need more comedy in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am interested to know from our boy Sal. Oh, I won't say his last name. Selfie. Uh, <laughs> selfie. He's, exactly. like a, he's like a, a bachelor character now. Yeah, exactly. Um, he is a bachelor character. Um, wh- where does Wentz fit in all this? You know, how much is this? this to, to me, like, the, the not winning last week, is that really that big a deal? I mean, yes, I, I'm mad because I wanted to, you know, to see the Giants or Dallas get in the playoffs. But, like, the, I mean, it's probably the smart move for the franchise. So, Lurie shouldn't – I mean, maybe he doesn't like the optics, but, like, he should be happy to have a higher draft pick. Like, that's, that's a terrible reason to fire him. So the reason to fire him, and as, as Joe said, to keep him in the, in the division is because I'm a Cowboys fan and Joe's a Giants fan. Like, he's terrible. Yeah. He's just not a good coach. And now, now, now we've got to figure out, is he going to sw- uh, swoop in and take one of these head coaching jobs that are available? There's a bunch available. I mean, I, I already saw. The, I think we've t- we talked about it, but I think the thing with the loss last week is you pick a lane that's that isn't that isn't like throwing your whole team and all the veterans under the bus and like making guys go out there and get CTE so that you can put on some dog and pony show that's really about this draft pick, but it's also about how you prefer Wentz. 
Hertz is forced on you, but you don't want to keep Hertz, but you want to, but you don't know, like the whole thing of like, let's go out and compete, but then I'm not going to kick the field goal. And then I'm going to put in Sudfeld. It's like, just say in advance, like we have no reason to win this game. We're going to play our third stringers. It's a preseason game. We're going for a draft pick. Boom. The end. Like now the NFL might not like those optics, but they didn't like it. They're not going to like it less than they liked what happened, which is the, which is, you know, Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, you know, getting on soapboxes to call you basically like un-American for not being a winner. Does this happen? Does it, but like, here's my thing. Uh, this is another thing why TV is so important. If this game's on one o'clock, nobody cares. Like, I think no one cares. America's watching, America's watching at 8.15 at night. Like, uh, you know, the NFL probably feels, the NFL, I wonder if the NFL, like, let's get into conspiracies. I wonder if the NFL is getting in Lurie's ear being like, this guy embarrassed our brand. Yeah. I think, said, if it like, happens, I think if it happens simultaneous with the game that it, you know, affected, it's, it's way less a big deal. But, like, I think it's maybe still a big deal in the, in the aftermath because the Giants and the Cowboys are, you know, getting in brawls over their chance to win. And then, you know, Doug Peterson's getting thanked by Ron Rivera after the game. Like, it's just, it's just bad all around. But then the question, again, it becomes – you can't fire him if you asked him to do this, right? That seems that seems really wrong if that happened. That's why, like you said, I want to know everything that happened. Like, I want to know everything. Like, does Doug Peterson now go on, you know, ESPN and just yeah serve some tea? We don't need a tiger doc. Yeah. We need this doc. Yeah. I want this we, doc we out need, right now. We need under the visor the Doug I, Peterson Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles story. We need Armin Katayan. And Sal Palantonio yeah. <laughs> working together to give me the Doug Peterson doc, and I want it now. Well, Tug, you asked about future. You're going to love this. This is a tweet 13 minutes ago from Adam Schefter. Former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson has a strong relationship with Jets GM Joe Douglas, which could put one more head coaching candidate in play for the Jets. Can you imagine? That would be the most Jets thing ever. Let me ask you this, just to, and then we'll get back to the games. Just a rapid fire. You might have already discussed it. Is Urban Meyer the coach of the Jags next year? Yes. Wow. Who, who's your favorite candidate that's available right now? It's either Enemy or do you like Art Smith from Tennessee to, to go somewhere? Probably. Um, yeah, hopefully somewhere good. I'm, like, uh, I, I mean, I think I, I get the Enemy thing. My, my, uh, my you know – the, the flip side of, of Bienemy to me is like, it's always been Andy Reed, you know? So, and look, and look at other coaches in the past who have been that guy. It's like, first of all, Doug Peterson. Doug Nagy. Peterson, yeah. Nagy. Yeah. Doug Peterson is, you know, those guys are great examples, but I mean, I think Art Smith is, I, I, I think that often it's creative. You know, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, we, we saw yesterday. I don't even remember the dude's name, but the third, the you know, the tight end who be, who took the place of their third receiver, and is they're just finding him. They're they're literally playing matchups. Um, I think it's more creative. So if you have like a young quarterback, you have a a young team. Let's let's go that route. But I'm I'm totally fine with the enemy getting a head coaching job. I'm not against. I'm just saying my fear is it's the coaching equivalent of the big school quarterback. Yeah. Oh, I just want to say this uh, before we move on, Andy, um, the, this is a reminder to Eagles organization that Jason Garrett is available. 
if they want to take him from the Giants and put Thank him you, as Doug. a head coach of the Eagles, yeah, Thank I think you. I appreciate that, Tug. Yep, yep. So just let everybody know. Well, let's get to these games. Before we do that, I want to remind all the dirtballs that support for today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news, guys. Almost as big as Doug Peterson being fired, we have some big news from our friends at Manscaped. They just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. God knows I need it because lately I have been told by many people, you always smell like the pool because I'm always in the pool now. So I need some of that Manscaped cologne. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the belt grooming for all the below-the-waist grooming needs. Uh, I always use my Manscaped 3.0. Guys, if you don't have a Manscaped, just get one. Like, clean up your junk, clean up your balls, and, like, like let's, just, let's just call it what it is. That's what it is. It's, it's just going to clean everything up. And uh, I probably – I'll just – It can do for your undercarriage what ownership just did for the Eagles. Just clean it up. Yeah, just clean just, it up. just clean out, clean house down there. Just take it, you know, get control of it. And again, you got so many different great products, and now they have this great cologne. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code DIRTY at manscaped.com. Your balls and your body will thank you. So once again, Dirt Balls, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DIRTY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code DIRTY. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. And, you know, one last note on that. The thing's so great, I probably only have to use on certain areas down there, like every six weeks, you know? takes a couple hours to charge my lawnmower 3.0 and then uh i trim the hedges which now i get to do in whatever room i want in the house tug i was muting myself yeah i, I, I figured when, when you were talking about that but Preferably that's great. not the kitchen yeah otherwise <laughs> yeah. No, no. or any or any carpeted room no none, none of those areas okay so outside yeah exactly yeah let it just blow. It's actually good. Uh, it's good fertilizer for the garden. <laughs> Too much. Okay. We got to talk Bears Saints. Not the Do most, we? Yeah. Not the most yeah. fun game to watch, but Nickelodeon made it a little better. I, I have to agree. Listen, I'll say, I'm going to jump in right now with the two kids. My four-year-old watched the <laughs> game with me, and he all he wanted to see was, like, the effects. Like, we just – and the only sad part about Nickelodeon is they had the splash zone, the slime zone for touchdowns, and they decided to put the Bears in it because the only way you get slimed is if you score touchdowns. Yeah. So, we needed a team that could score four or five, six touchdowns to really take advantage of the slime zone. But, you know what, I think uh, – we'll quickly get off Nickelodeon, but, like, we need more of this coverage. Like, like – yes. There's too much stuff. To, like, we don't need the graphics for adults, but, like, we, we need more commentary when it's just, like, people just chatting. Like, I think Romo is, was hitting on that. You know, I think Aikman actually – Aikman and Buck have actually gone more in that direction where there's a little bit more opining and a little bit more, you know, banter. It was, it was you, nice to see. So, did, so, were you guys both fully tuned in to Nickelodeon? Like, you watched the entire game, the Nickelodeon feeds? I watched, the, I watched the most of it from Nickelodeon because my, my son, actually, who doesn't really care that much, he just asked me who, who we're rooting for every game. He's like, who are we rooting for? <laughs> and I, like, I don't care about 98% of the teams. 
but I got to pick one every time. And so, but this is the one time when he was like excited to watch the commercial breaks where they go with the googly eye. It was really, I mean, from a business standpoint, incredibly smart, smart by the NFL. Yeah. Like, I, watched, I watched about a quarter of it on Nickelodeon. But just to talk about like, the NFL doesn't really need it, but like baseball does. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like let's, let's talk about getting audiences younger. I think every sports franchise should be watching that and taking notes on how to, on how to do that. I watched um, for a minute. The, it was like, I don't know if he was the sideline reporter because he's not. Obviously, they weren't doing it, but there was like the kid who was – Yeah, Lex. Lex. Uh, uh, what, Lux I mean, Palantonio. Yeah, what is <laughs> <laughs> what is Lex on? We got we got to get Lex some Lexa Pro or something because Lex was turned up. I was like, man, turn on the volume, Lex. Well, there's two TikTok stars that are, that were like doing the the game with them, but you know Nate, Nate Burleson is really good at his job no matter what he's yeah. doing. But also, you know, you know, who was doing the play by play was uh, Noah Eagle. Like the the the, the the progeny of like one of the best in the game, Iron Eagle. He's like twenty four years old. He's also he's already really really good. Yeah, um, he does Clippers games. Yeah, he does the Clippers games. So uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and it made it fun for a game that like quickly. I'll say you know I, I don't I don't believe in the Saints, but um, I love to see what happened with that game. If the one play like the the, the Bears are so fragile a team that they need momentum, right? And if they get that one play, to execute that one play where they got to do whims or whatever his name is, yep. catches the yep. touchdown, the yep. whole energy of that game shifts. Everyone gets 100%. confidence. Trubisky has confidence. He drops it. it it's in his hands. I mean, that was an incredible throw. Great throw. I mean, Trubisky, like, it starts to soar. You see the defense play with real energy. And, like, instead, like, it deflates the whole team. Now, you said you don't believe in the Saints. I will take you through a thought process that I had this week. So, I'm in – I'm in a playoff bracket pool and I felt really good about all my selections. I'm looking at my thing and I, I have the, I had the Rams winning. Um, and so I had the Rams going to green Bay. I have the saints winning. I had the bucks winning. And then I just, I, I had, it, you know, I felt great about Packers saints. I'm not on the Tom Brady train. I'm not on the bucks train. And then at the last minute, and not because I feel how I feel about the Bucks, I swapped it. I go Bucks over Saints because the the post injury breeze Saints give me no confidence. And I bet the Bears yesterday, which we have the you know the no extra point no cover, which. I mean, NFL, like I get why you, I get why that's a thing, but also keep in mind, you yeah. like you want to be friends with some people. Yeah. Ga like <laughs> gambling is a huge part of your existence. Like, like the idea that like scores don't matter. Like they fucking definitely matter, but I liked the bears in that game. I didn't think that they were going to win, but I like them to cover because I have no confidence in the saints team anymore. But I got to ask you guys, take the offense out of it their defense is so damn good though like like that gives me confidence i think on paper they're good um i think that like again trubisky dropped a bomb on them and that, that to me like changes the whole game so we, we the bears defense just their offense just really really struggles um and it's a bad matchup for montgomery i mean outside of um you know miles sanders going for 100 yards they haven't given up a rusher for 100 yards in like four years 
the Bucks don't really care about rushing the ball. Um, so to me, why I think like I think the defense is good. I do think their defense is is good, and I think I, I I'm just going to go with this old theory. I'm I'm going to lean on Tom Brady one time. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers were absolutely embarrassed on Sunday Night Football eight weeks ago. I think they scored three points. Revenge. Like Thirty-four to three. They've lost twice this year. I mean, that's saying the third time. That was hard that to beat was, them. That was a factor in my decision. Hard to beat them three times. The line is only, it's a it's a three point game. They're ba- they're basically saying the teams are even. And I'd like to see Tom Brady play a, playoff games in a dome. The dude is so used to playing in snow in the playoffs. Let's let's get him in a game where uh, since Antonio Brown has come out. Um, Mike, Mike Evans has 39 targets. Looks good. Gavin looked good, 36 targets. Antonio Brown's looking like, you know, very, very good, 36 targets. I mean, the weapons are starting to build a rhythm with Brady. And I think, like, the, another thing is, like, Brady, they're, they're the same age, basically. Breeze has a his, – his, he's less explosive. His A dot is just not very good. Like, he's throwing three, five, seven-yard outs people it's just hard to score where brady can go to mike evans all the time i I think even Um, in even more than it's hard to score it's just you there's no you don't have the fear of the big play at all the the big play is like we're we're not going to beat you with the big play we're just going to win this game by you know moving the ball down the field six seven yards at a time and play defense and that just seems so I mean, everything we know about Drew Brees' career, that just seemed, seems like so out of character for it to be like, this is where we are with the Drew Brees in his career. Like, it's not going to be this high-scoring offense. And maybe we're dealing with some residual rib issue. You know, sure. he's, you know he's still lingering. But, like, they want to go to Taysom, you know. I, I just find it so wonky when they bring Taysom in. I always wonder what Brees is thinking. Is Brees thinking, like, cool, I'm happy to, like, take a playoff? Or is he, like, frustrated by it? I, I just feel like it's a, a weird energy. I mean, I, you know, if if the Buccaneers don't win this game, I'm going to put it squarely on – I won't even put it on Brady. I'll put it on Arians because I feel like they should have enough um, – Firepower. To get this, yeah, firepower to get this, to get this game uh, – to get a win. I'm really um, surprised that you guys are overwhelmingly confident in the Bucs. That's – I, I mean, don't know. L- listen, I'm not overwhelmingly – I just told you that I had like – I, I had a sharpie out my Saints pick because I am not overwhelmingly on the bus. I think I'm just basically, I, I think to tell you where I'm at, I am not a believer in either of these teams, but I am currently less of a believer in the Saints. I'm the exact same place. And I think the one place you can actually beat the Bucks is in is throwing against them, which is Bree, which, which Breeze is not w- doing very well right now. You know, you can't run on the Bucks. Um, so I think where the weaknesses are is also where the weaknesses of the Saints offense is. And I feel like, I, again, I don't believe, I don't think either team gets out of this the, uh, conference. But I think, you know, if I had to put you know, some money down now, I would take, I would take the three points. I would just take the I started, I started, I'm like, I'm like two weeks removed from everybody slurping Brady and give me, give me whoever he plays in the first round. Then it ends up being, the charity case Washington team. And I'm like, okay, well not them. Don't do that to Taylor. What was it Taylor Henneke? Yeah. But like, 
you know, I just, you know, the, Washington's still Washington. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily good for the Washington team to go in the way that they went in. Uh, we can get into that game in a bit, but like, I'm two weeks removed from, I'll take anybody versus Brady to, well, not Washington. And now, well, not the saints, but anybody who they might play after that, like, but, but still it's, it's amazing that that's where I'm at. I mean, we can, we can sort of parallel process the, the Bucks and the Washington football team game. Like, you know, it, it, they also didn't, Brady played well. They didn't, punch it in a lot of times. I mean, Suckup had to kick a lot of field goals. Like, that's not how you're going to – I mean, that's probably not how you're going to beat the Saints. Washington football team's defense is good, but they also figured out a way to, like – Chase Young wasn't that effective, you know, after chirping a lot. Like, they, they found a way to contain him. Um, and, you know, they didn't – but on the, by the same token, like, the Bucks didn't look like a Super Bowl caliber, caliber team, you know, beating, you know, the footballers. So and Heineke is going to get his like Matt Flynn on now, right? Good, like, good for him. He, 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 was, he was definitely like, I would say impressive um, because I didn't think that that would be even that much of a game. And he keeps him in it. He plays well and he's running the ball and he's diving for pylons and he's like, you, you love to see it. And, 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 well, last thing I was saying, you know, we talked about the mobility, Lamar, you know, like the, I saw a stat earlier this week, like, there's been more touchdowns this year from, from quarterbacks running than there have combined in the rest of like the decade. Um, and like, so there's, a, there's such a big move to mobility at quarterback. Like you got to feel like Heineke's going to play somewhere because that's one of his biggest assets. Yeah. And, and I love it. I mean, the guy was taking math exams a month ago. Like think about that. He was literally taking math exams a month ago at old dominion. Like he just, he played his way into at least being a backup for a few years and I was loving it. You, we you also could, say this. You like, felt the energy, right, of America yeah. rooting for this kid. I definitely did not root for him. But, <laughs> yeah. um, um, but one thing I'll notice, you saw the dive that he made, that, like, incredible dive. And then to, to, to contrast that to the Chicago-New Orleans game, where on a fourth down, Trubisky makes a business decision on an early fourth down call and doesn't go for it. He lets himself get run out of bounds. I'm like, yeah. Trubisky, you're playing for your job here. Yeah. Like, I actually root for Trubisky because I think, like, I feel like he gets a terrible rap. Like, he didn't choose to be drafted second. You know what I mean? Like, the Bears put that on him. Well, I want, I want um, to talk about Trubisky, but before – I just want to say one thing about Heineke. I, the, the one thing – and I don't want to see any NFC East teams win. It's not the Giants. But, like, I was upset we didn't get a crazy Heineke victory and get a Heineke storms the Capitol headline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on on Monday more on Sunday morning, too but soon. Too soon. Now Trubisky, he is a big MAGA supporter. I'm told. Yeah. So, uh, hey, hey, YouTube just kicked us off. Oh no, oh no, YouTube kicked us off. You can't even make jokes anymore. Done. We're done. Oh man, that's too bad. <laughs> um, what? Where are we at with Mitch Trubisky? Trubisky's the Bears starter next year, like no doubt about it, hands down. Unless what? It's it's such a it's such a mediocre position for the Bears because Nagy is is underperforming, but he's been to the playoffs two out of three years. Like the set, you know, this the, the seventh seed wild card really helps Nagy's, you know, uh, his resume. Um, and I, and by the way, I don't think we ever go back. Right? We're, I mean, it, obviously, fans love three football games on Saturday and Sunday. Like, what's the incentive yeah, for yeah. the NFL to ever return to six? So, gotta so feel like this my, is my buddy. Shout out to my buddy Mark who messages me this this morning 
You have to choose one quarterback next year. Goff, Wentz, or Trubisky to be your starter. Who do you choose? And I'm, I, I, who's coaching or am I the coach? Yeah. yeah. What team? There's so many factors. Probably Goff. Um, and then he goes, add, add Mariota and Winston. Now, I don't think – I'm not sure if that's a – but I'm like kind of like <laughs> – I'm listening to Winston. I mean, I really am. I think you guys – I know this is – there's no there's no one harder in America on, on Winston. But, like, here's the thing about Winston. Analytics I'm like, love, I'm listening to Mariota. Analy- analytics love Winston. Like, they, they he you know, he throws so many interceptions. But he also, like, what wins? A little bit of mobility and, like, and like a dot, like average depth of target, like matters. Like he, he's not afraid to throw the ball, you know, and we need more of that in the NFL. I feel like, so I'm sorry. I just, you, you brought up Winston. I just had to go to our guy. I just had to go to our guy. Well, it's just, it's, it's just his tweets. I mean, it, it's like Jameis one of one, like you need to be, this dude needs to be committed. Is he like, still doing it? He's still doing it. Wow. His, his last tweet from 14 hours ago, anyone who watched Ben Roethlisberger throw for 501 yards, it's like, dude, how many of those were in garbage time? Four TDs and four interceptions. Saw why the Steelers tried to sign it and offer more money to Jameis this past offseason than the Saints did. He's Big Ben with more athleticism and arm talent. Yeah, Big Ben's the old guard, bro. Ben yeah. equals, and then he writes, Big Ben equals first ballot Hall of Famer. It's like, yeah, so, you, so that just means Jameis is up. First ballot Hall of Famer. What? Yeah, Jameis is a first ballot Hall of Famer if he started his career in 2004. And <laughs> because he started his career 10 years later, people are like, you can't, you can't start here. It's very interesting to see Winston. You know, Winston has every reason to, to be like, I mean, you have to assume that Bree- this might be it for Breeze. It would be really telling when the, when the Saints, like, don't go with him. Well, I mean, uh, th- I think it was really telling that they didn't go with him in the middle of the year. Yeah. Like, I get the Taysom Hill thing a little bit for them, but at the same time, like, if Winston I, – I just think the idea that Winston is their man waiting in the wings – well, Drew Brees cracked a bunch of ribs. Give him the fucking job. It's like, hey, this is the guy. Here's his understudy. This guy is in charge of, like, pulling up the curtain every day. But we're going to go with curtain guy. We'll figure out the under- – like, like, you're not the backup. You weren't the backup. You were the third I mean, string quarterback. If, the whole if time. you have like a couple, a little bit of good coaching, I mean, and this is going to be really hit Prano hard, but don't you think Winston could fit into like a Fitzpatrick mold? Like, don't, I mean, like he, he turns the ball over, over way more, but like they both had this, they have similar DNA, right? Like you yeah. have to feel like he could be an asset to, to me. And like, uh, you know, I'm curious to see what the Dolphins, the Dolphins are a very interesting position too. We can talk about this later, but like there's a, there's a lot of interesting quarterback situations. But, but Tug, I'll year. say to you what Joe said to me recently, and I think it's a great question. Who does Jameis Winston go to that can coddle the interception problem, the turnover problem? Like, who does he go to? Name a team or name a coach? I couldn't think throw, of one. He didn't throw a pick this year. So he's already, like, he's already learned. <laughs> from, um, I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that. I mean, maybe I'd like to see where um, – I mean, Joe Brady's going to go somewhere where he can – have a you know quarterback rated higher than Winston, but like you you look at Teddy Bridgewater as an example. Like Teddy is the opposite of Jameis in the sense that he does he maybe he throws like one or two touchdowns in one pick. Like, but he's but he's not the answer. Like I think we 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 quickly realize like we got to move on from Teddy. Uh, really? Whatever. Do we? 
Am I the only one? I agree with you. Yes, I'm the only one, only one saying to give him another year. They'll, they'll probably stick with him another year, but I think they're probably in, internally they're probably like we need to think about what we're doing, you know, after this deal's over because they're loaded, dude. Like they they have a great core of I mean, offensively they're they're really talented. Um, and I think that I think the Bridgewater at the Saints thing was like the perfect Bridgewater situation. You're getting paid well to back up a veteran quarterback on a good team that can win games, whether our starter is in or not. So be ready. And it was a perfect situation for him. Now he turned it into a starting job. But like, I always say that is like, in the end, Brian Hoyer and, you know, Chase Daniel, like these guys made a lot of money by not being the starter. Like if Chase Daniel plays more games in his career, he's not here anymore. So he's just like, hey, man, I'm fine being the backup. I'm making $38 million in my career. There should be like a, a fantasy football league for that. Like Matt Schaub just retired and made like $100 million. I mean, like, like those are the real winners of, yeah. in a, of, of football. Like all these people who actually play a lot and hurt their bodies, that's dumb. What do we think of this Deshaun Watson? There's some chirping about him in Miami. You guys seeing this? Yeah, I'm seeing it. I mean, I don't uh, like – it, it's kind of crazy to me that, well, first of all, let me just say this, like what an upgrade, you know, like if, if you're the Dolphins, you're in a second, but I'm actually not sure how many teams there are that aren't an upgrade getting Deshaun Watson. Like I just think Deshaun Watson is at this point underrated because of the situation he was in, the coaching that he had, but like, you know, Miami with what they did this year with their quarterback situation, like Deshaun Watson is a game changer for like the the bills come out of the AFC East and and every, you know they're the two seed and everybody's looking at like the bills as the future like you get Deshaun Watson in Miami I'm not sure that the, the that they don't win the division next year you know it's it's I, I if you go across the league I'm certain point in the offseason I'm sure you'll do this like and you look at all the the quarterback availability and like versus like the teams that need them like like Washington football team what are they doing next year you know uh you know what are the Texans doing? You know, what are the Bears doing? Like, it's crazy to me. And I used to think, like, from 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 Deshaun's standpoint, like, it's interesting to stay in the AFC South in the past because that division's terrible. But now there's a little bit of churn in there where, like, Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jags if he's any good. You know, Tannehill's building something over there. It's not as easy. I think the the you you almost do like what a LeBron does and starts you know you start attacking like a division or a conference. And the NFC East is the place you want to be playing right now. Like, it feels like that's the division that is most up for grabs. And maybe the NFC North, eventually, when Aaron Rodgers kind of moves out, Matt Stafford never, like, who knows what Matt Stafford – Matt Stafford's another guy. Like, what are we going to do with Matt yeah. Stafford? Yeah, So, totally. it's like, if I'm in the divisions – if I'm a free agent, I start looking at, like, divisions I can actually compete and maybe win it. Well, let's say you're Deshaun Watson. Let's say you go that route. Like, where are you going in the NFC East? Like the, the well, what about I mean the worst thing the Cowboys did was was I said this from day one giving Zeke a, a big contract because then you could get your Dak but if like let's say you don't get Dak then you can do a Dak for Deshaun move or something you could like do something kind of creative there like who doesn't want to be the Cowboys quarterback you know um, the the football team you know needs a quarterback like can we just get a goddamn name already 
Yeah, whatever. You can name them whatever you want. The, the, no, Pal- no. the Palantonios. You just, you just can't name them the Redskins. No, yeah, I'm exactly. just name literally anything else you want. I, I'm just. I'm not. This isn't directed at you, Tuck. I'm just like, what's the, what's the search at? Like, where are we at right now, DC? I think there's enough problems over there with Dale yeah, Snyder. Yeah. He's not really. He's like got so many lawyers. He's like I got 25 gonna, lawyers on it. They're gonna do what the Texans didn't do. Deshaun Watson wants out because they haven't given him say in the GM. They're gonna be like, come here, name the team. Exactly. Washington but, I mean, I football Deshaun's. We don't even know what the Eagles are doing next year. Like with Wentz, Hurts. Yeah, it's, I, uh, I, I, that is a good point. Like the East I mean, if you're, is. If you're Deshaun Watson, that's the only – like you don't want to go to the Eagles, right? But also you, you, you do so well for yourself. We talk about like uh, post-career, like, you know, Shobs are all making $100 million. Being in the East, you make money just by being a quarterback in the NFC. Right. So you, you make a move and you're like, wow, all of a sudden I'm like the, you know, Daniel Jones is out. I'm a new Giants quarterback. Like you, you'd make a hundred million dollars. just going to be in the Detroit Giants quarterback. I know, you know, and then you have like, you have what the NFC North is the only a place I would target, which is Aaron Rodgers still there. Her cousins, whatever. Stafford, maybe somewhere else, you know, maybe with yeah. the new coach, I can't figure it out. And then uh, the bears also. So anyway, you just don't let go of a franchise. The last franchise quarterback to be let go of, I think, was like, or making, was like Drew Brees. This doesn't happen very often. I guess Kirk Cousins left. But, so we'll see. Yeah, I agree. You don't, you don't let a guy go. Like, that is your rock that you build everything around. I, I mean, I just, the thing is, if you, are the, if you are the Texans, and we, we talked about the Watt reunion, like if you are the Texans and Watson doesn't want, then there's like the, trade everybody, get it for Watt, get it for Watson, disband, you know, essentially retract the Texans and then expand the Texans again and just <laughs> start over entirely, get a bunch of first rounders for everybody. What, what you know, what else are you going to do? It's so hard to hit on a quarterback. We all know this. It's so hard to hit on a quarterback. I mean, Deshaun Watson led the league in passing this year, and they traded away the top three wide receiver this, you know, earlier in the offseason. And, and then one of the guys goes on, loses for PEDs for half the year, and he still, you know, crushes. To me, the, that, that, that franchise is so dysfunctional. It's like you almost want to just pull him in and be like, okay, I'll, you get to coach the GM, whatever you want. You, right. you know who's um, running the Texans, Prano? The woman whose Airbnb we stayed in her garage <laughs> in Houston, which, by the way, I talked to Nick D'Alessandro. Tug alluded to him earlier in the show. I talked to him last week. He's defending. I mean, do we have a shower gate? A post shower gate? He's like, dude, it wasn't even that big of a mess. He's claiming. Yeah. He Did y'all lose a deposit? No. It was no. Just, he, he's just he's just a kid who doesn't know like. Dry no shower curtains off work. A, like he just he just <laughs> drip dried on a on a bath mat essentially. Like he got out so he got out like a dog gets out of the pool, <laughs> just shook himself out in the bathroom. It was like on the ceiling. It was on the walls. The mirror was wet. The the you know bath mat. It's like a little bath you know a little bathroom. So it's it's one of those things that you grow into. You're like. How do I not get my bathroom soaking every time I get out? I'll that's, figure it out. That's unreal. So, Tug, what's on the plate today for you? Like, what's what's going on in Los Angeles? What's going on out there? Well, you know, obviously, um, my uh, my one of my sons in preschool. One, there was like a COVID scare, and within the 
one of the classes, so there's no school for the week. So I'm back to watching two kids. So it's about to strike midnight for me, turn back into a pumpkin, watch uh, two kids all day long. Uh, it's going to be um, pure hell. Um, so I'm enjoying really this. eased into that. And, uh, yeah. It's going to be uh, pure hell. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much what I'm doing this week. Obviously, you know, watching, um, you know, I thought the update would be some sort of impeachment um for breaking news but uh we'll 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 see what happens there but um yeah just just getting excited for um more more playoff football this week and obviously hey hey, to bring it in real quick to to the presidential stuff i mean i you know and to make it sports wise i you know you'd argue like obviously there's been so much turmoil within the trump presidency since he started but i would argue the last couple months of like his meltdown i mean it's it's Pittsburgh Steelers ask. Like, have you ever seen a team? I mean, his meltdown is colossal. They were eleven and zero, and then go one and five. There's no way that's ever happened. I mean, I'm sure you can go into the Rolodex and figure that out, but um, but uh, there's no I, way. It's very, it's very Steelers ask. It's a little unfair. It's 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 a little unfair to the eleven and zero Steelers to compare them to yeah. the first three and a half years of the Trump presidency, which. I don't think anybody was going out, uh, you know, spending their days going like this, this 11 and 0 Steelers is actually the worst thing that's ever happened to <laughs> this great nation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not, that's a whole other discussion. Well, the right. one thing I will say, and I texted you guys about this, uh, you know, and, and you, I think you were right to harp on this. This is, you know, a little sports politics conflation, but like uh, the PGA of golf was uh, scheduled to host, um, uh, the Trump, one of Trump's golf courses was scheduled to host an event, PGA, a major, in 2022. And um, they basically sent out a vote saying that we will never play on a Trump course, uh, to which the RNA, which is the, 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 the division of pro golfers, the tour in Europe, basically said we're not going to play. Troon is probably the most known uh course owned by trump and there and it had some great battles uh battle in the sun 1977 nicholas and watson like the um and they said we'll never play here with as long as trump you know is involved so, and i agree with it but and i thought you had a good point which is like you know everyone it's easy to to, to leave now you know it's like what well, i wish people would have taken a stand well i i, I, I just know, but, yeah i, I just my, my problem in general on, on all this stuff and it's the same way with twitter suspending him now it's like you waited until his last two weeks. Like, do what you want. I'm not arguing that. Like, PGA, Twitter, do what you want. You're all private businesses. But you waited until... I think, I think you know... The events to, of last week are a direct result of the last three and a half years. Sure, That's all I'm saying. But, but, you know, and I'm not defending it, but, like, you know, my, my alma mater, Lehigh, came in with it, and then I you know, they, they took away his honorary degree and I didn't even know he had an honorary degree. From Lehigh, <laughs> yeah. To be totally honest with you. I, I, you know, I made the tweet about now I have the record for earning a Lehigh degree with the least classes attended. I thought I had that title already. I didn't realize that they were handing out Donald Trump honorary degrees, but I went down a little wormhole on that. And like, they had tried to do it. Like I, I'm sure it was a student's thing and people bringing up like, fuck this guy they tried to do it and it didn't pass and it didn't pass and it didn't pass and it happened like i guess the only defense is you know 
insurrection pushed people over the top. Like, you know, people like, I think there's still a sense in, in America. It's like, not everybody, obviously there's very, there's millions upon billions of outspoken Trump haters, but there are still like somewhat reasonable people who are like, he's still our president. You know, just like I'm sure there's Republicans who hated the idea of Joe Biden getting elected, but they're like, well, it happened. He's our president. I think insurrection, like storming the Capitol and smearing shit on the walls. Um, people dying. May, may have pushed people over the, yeah, people dying. Like may have pushed some people who are like, listen, we don't want to be involved in this at all. We're just going to, you know, kind of ignore it to say, all right, we can't really ignore it anymore. Like we can't let a guy who's, you know, probably rightfully branded as a traitor to the nation host a golf tournament and just hand him money. And uh, well, I, I, just to bring it back to sports and I agree with what you're saying. I feel, it, you know, um, I mean, I'll be happy when it's, he's gone. Um, but, um, but there is some sports political news. Belichick is supposed to receive the presidential medal of freedom. I saw this, this week. What does Belichick do in this situation? I mean, is this, is, it, is this a rain check? I've not seen the latest, but like, is this a rain check situation? Is this uh, a, you can't, it's a decline. I'm very curious to see how this is navigated. Um, any thoughts on what you, any predictions on how this is going to? My prediction oh. is that he fucking does it. Cause I'm, I'm not like pretty sure Belichick's like a big Trumper and like whatever, like, and who, you know, who's going to knock Belichick off his spot. But I think that what would be smart and the easiest thing ever to do if you're Bill Belichick is just be grumpy old man. That's like, this is above my level of like annoying. Like, I don't look, I cut, I cut this guy for missing two practices. Like I don't need to get involved in a, like possibly, you know, getting a medal from a traitor to the United, like just, just be like, ah, I'm on to week one and just like never respond to it at all. You know what I mean? That's the easy out for him. Now we'll I, see, I, we'll see what he does. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think you, you don't accept it and, and you move on, but I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to, I'm going to give a little, good old, little words of advice to people, which I'll be interested in how this plays out. You, you know, I read a great editorial today, shout out Wall Street Journal. You're there, still doing it. There you go, Tug. <laughs> but I thought it was a great editorial. And, and, and now that we're, we're ending one presidency and moving to another, you don't have that big orange face guy to blame anymore, people. And his point was, we got to look in ourselves. And he also knocked in the article, Republicans blaming Pelosi. It's like, my only thing about people, just for everybody listening, is we have to take accountability for ourselves and stop blaming others. And that was kind of the premise of the piece. And, and I, I think that's a great point of, he's gone now, or he's going to be gone. So what are you going to do? Are you, I mean, are, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm from the... You know, my history is I was very an outspoken Barack Obama critic. I said, Trump, if, if you put a gun to my head, I'd vote for Trump over Hillary. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to some sense of normalcy so I can shit on Joe Biden. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, like, I, I, I don't think what happened last week, it was like out of, like, I wasn't that shocked that that's like, like where Trump's presidency got. And like, I, again, I'm, I'm the guy of like, let's bottom out. Let's go full lottery. Let's go full nation tank. Let's go full rebuild. Last thing you want to be is a, you know, the last team into the NBA playoffs, just tank. And, and I think we did that. I think the one thing, you know, and I'm sure there are 
people on here. I, I've gotten into, I got into arguments with fans of our show over saying like, I, I don't want Hillary to be present. And, you know, obviously this affects you directly, Andy, but like the handling of the pandemic where you're just pretending like he got, he got served reelection on a platter. A every politician in history wants some sort of disaster in the last year of their presidency. So they can take that in. He just was like, it's not, it's a hoax. And that cost people their lives. And that's, what's fucked up. And that's like the worst thing you did. Like what happened last week? I'm like, I thought that was going to happen with the Trump presidency. I was counting on it tank for, you know, Yang or whatever. Yeah. But of yeah. course we don't, you know, we're not smart I, enough to do that kind of thing. I just, I just, you know, like I said, and that's my point. It's just like us looking at ourselves and, and stop. Like I, I'm, I'm over the fighting, like, and, and everybody falls prey to it. And I hate it. I hate it. I, I, I hate no one taking accountability and all that stuff, but I will take some accountability on bringing Tug back. And I'm so happy that you were here today, Tug. Hey, thanks a lot. It's perfect timing. My kids are here. It's time for me to watch them, but it's all, it's great to see you guys. Hopefully uh, Joe's done with his quarantine. I can, I can see him again. I can get on the golf course, like, like friends. Oh, here's my, <laughs> here's my youngest. Here's my youngest son here. Hi, there's there's my youngest son right here. Can you say hi? Hi. You're 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 soon to be you're soon to be middle child. That's right, my middle keep, child. Keep, keep your eyes on those middle child. Don't you know? As a former middle boy, you know, don't let him get lost in the mix. I will not I'll let him up, do it. I'll end up a stand-up comedian. <laughs> well, uh, boys, thanks as always for having me on. You know, I love you guys, and I love the dirty sports community. Always great to chop it up. And um, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. And uh, I'm happy to do this again. I'll, and, I'll, and I'll get my mic straightened out. I know Andy's mad at me for my technology, uh, my, my, my Luddite qualities. It's all good, Tug. We still love you. Thanks for coming back to the show. And, uh, yeah, man, I'll let, I'll let you hop off here if you got to uh, play dad duty. Yes, I do. But I'll be in touch with you guys. I'll let you guys continue. But um, let's go. Uh, I'll send in my predictions for the week. Okay, perfect. Joe and I'll be closely aligned. I'll let you know if I switch off the bucks. But um, All right. I predict. I, th I think the ones are going to make it. I think it's going to be a GB KC Super Bowl. So Nice. We'll see what happens. All right, fellas. Talk to you all soon. All right. Later, Tug. Bye. Prano, let's wrap it up as well. What do you think? Okay. How, how far into the show are we? We are hour and 40 minutes. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with wrapping it up. I don't know if there's anything – that I feel I, like that, I feel I like think, with tug on it goes it goes a little bit you know we go we bounce around which I enjoy I enjoy his uh, his presence is there anything that you know no, you feel like the, we missed There's a lot of good calls and there's stuff we can get to next episode uh, If you want to leave a call three one zero three five nine eight three six five I do have some stuff I got to take care of here Let's in the do it. old uh, the old suburbs but uh, yeah. It was a good show. Great to have Tug back. Guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. As always, if you leave an iTunes review, drop a Twitter or Instagram handle. We had a ton of reviews last week, so thank you to the Dirt Balls. Awesome. I will be getting those koozies out uh, to everyone and follow us on Twitter and Instagram again at The Dirty Sports. At Fix Your Life on Twitter, uh, at Joe Prano on Instagram, TikTok, and Venmo. Uh, keep drinking Miller Lite. Keep reviewing the show. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got. And, and I, and I look forward to getting to your, your guys's calls on Thursday. I know I saw Andy just even previewing with some of the, the call topics. So oh, there's some good in, ones. Get there's your some, calls and call the show. Yeah, there's some good ones. We're going to have to go back to the home Depot discussion. 
we have some calls about that. We got there's some great calls. So yeah. Yeah, we've gotten a lot. We've gotten a lot of messages about the Home Depot thing. It's like it's the new it's the new milkshake gate. And it's by the way, it's real from everybody I'm hearing from. Like this isn't a crazy idea that they purposely. This isn't like California Bros turned Home Depot deploys everywhere. They're just like ignoring customers. Yeah. Even at Lowe's, we've heard. We've heard I was gonna. Even- I was gonna say we're hearing Lowe's and Home Depot are kind of following the same pattern. So shop at your look. You know, keep small businesses alive. Find that local Ace Hardware. For real. Which is so I- funny because Andy, you've been in Venice. You know Lincoln Hardware. Oh, bro. It's like you go there and the guys are so fucking mean to you. So and you're mean. You're like, you know what? I'll just go get ignored at Home Depot <laughs> for half the price. They're so mean at that hardware store. So mean. Although I found a great little one because I needed a very specific part for the bathroom. And Home Depot actually didn't have the part and they recommended this little one. So they did. It only took me to go to Home Depot, I think, two or three times last week. But they finally <laughs> they finally got it situated to go to another. You finally found an employee and they were like, go to another store. Yeah, that's what happened. All right, Dirtballs, thank you guys for the support. Have a great week. We'll be back in three days. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>